Hello, and welcome to my podcast, From Trauma to Triumph. I am Leah Bandola and your host. My mission is to help people heal their past so that they can unleash their brilliant future. I am a trauma release specialist, empowerment coach, and cognitive behavior therapist. I am also a published author with three book publications and a professional speaker. This podcast delves into the world of trauma, and it is a big world. There are so many aspects to trauma and how it affects us in our lives, and each episode will give you more information, examples, stories, and strategies to help you understand trauma better and how to release the hold that it has on us. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, lovely people. Well, I hope you're staying dry if you're in the part of the world where I am in uh, in southern Ontario. And uh, boy, have we ever gotten a lot of rain. It's been a while since I've seen it this, you know, consistently raining, but it's all good. Keeps our plants uh, going for a little longer before, you know, winter hits. And we are in fall. So yeah. So I love this time of year, actually. This is um, my second most favorite time of year. I love the spring. I love the growth and the newness and, and um, you know, all the blooming flowers in spring. And But I also love this time of year. And it's, for me, it's, again, just sort of that time where... Um, there is renewal, you know, we, it's the start of a new school year, the start of, um, for many, you know, back to full swing business, um, or work. And yet it is also a time where things will start to go to sleep and, you know, cocoon in a little bit, um, in nature. So, you know, it's a, it's an interesting combination, um, of, uh, being able to start something new and yet also watching uh, an ending, so to speak, of so many things. Um, and sometimes we need to do that in our lives just to kind of take a step back and, and go, you know, what do I need to maybe just let lie dormant for a while and maybe I'll pick it back up uh, down the road or what needs to go completely and maybe start something new. So yeah, that was just a little side uh, side um, note, I guess, or, or uh, um, I'm losing the word that I'm really looking forward for. But anyway, um, that's not what I'm going to talk to you about today, actually, kind of. But um, really what I wanted to talk to you about today was confidence. Recently, there's been a lot coming into my realm about confidence. So I thought I would share some of it with you. Of course, you know, this is not a new topic for me or probably many of you either. But I think it's making a resurgence in personal development, um, in the personal development world, because many people are struggling with confidence right now. Maybe it's the past 18 months of uncertainty and fear and conflict division and so on that we have been that have had uh, been magnified due to the pandemic and other world events maybe we've had our faith shaken in ourselves and in others a feeling of not knowing anymore what we thought we knew we don't know what to expect anymore 
and don't know how to handle it all. So much is shifting and changing. And I know for me, my confidence has certainly been shaken actually for the past two years due to recent events. Um, but also as I look back at other times in my life where there was a lot of uncertainty, it has waned and depleted at times over the years. And then I would get it back and ride that wave for a while. And then something would happen to shake it up again. I've come to realize that this is just plain life and the confidence roller coaster we all ride. I just finished a five day confidence challenge with one of my coaching mentors, Brendan Burchard. And while there wasn't anything really new, I have taken many uh, of his programs and others related to confidence building. It was a great reminder about what it's really all about and how to gain it back if you've temporarily lost it. Or if confidence has been a struggle for you your whole life, which for many people, this is a struggle. So you're not alone. Let me give you a little glimpse into how my confidence built. At times, you know, it had dipped and how it grew to where I am now. And as with everything, it is a fluid process. My very first job was working as a shampoo girl in my aunt and uncle's hair salon. Yes, it was actually a thing back then, a job. Um, and I think maybe today too as well um, in the bigger salons, you know, they have uh, specific people who will uh, kind of, that's their job. I was only maybe 12. And aside from shampooing, I swept the floors and made sure things were sanitized and so on. But it was my first experience with working with people. And while most were really nice, some not so much. I had virtually no confidence being so young and my self-esteem was pretty low at that point of my life. But I started to feel more confident about doing the work and talking with people or really listening. I guess that was some of my first experience at practicing good listening skills. Then I worked a totally different job at the local hospital in the dietary department where we would assemble the trays that would go to the patients with their meals. Very different back then than now. We actually cooked the meals. Well, I didn't, but um, we had dietitians and, um, and I'm not going to call them chefs chefs they were cooks <laughs> but bless them I mean they made decent meals but <laughs> they, they weren't chef level meals um, but at least better than what's happening now in hospitals is you know it's all brought in and pre-packaged and pre-made and and it's even worse than it was back then but you know that's just the way of the world right now so, so anyway, I would um, sometimes be involved in the actual tray assembly, putting all the stuff on the trays, literally. It was an assembly line, like a conveyor belt kind of thing, and you had to be ready to put your stuff on whatever you were standing in front of. Um, sometimes in portioning out the food into onto the plates, and sometimes the cleanup, which was my least favorite part. And sometimes in delivering the... Uh, trays to the patients. A close second, <laughs> least favorite part. I hated seeing all the ill patients and even more heartbreaking was the number of trays I would pick up untouched. Um, 
well, no, worse was what was sometimes on the trays um, that wasn't there when I brought the meals in. Um, I'm going to just leave it at that because I don't want to gross anybody out. Anyway, it was a job and my confidence built and it was a well-paying job at the time. I honestly, I think it was, I still remember, I think it was $3.65 an hour. And at that time, so I was about uh, 13 14 I guess when I had that job um uh, it was like a ton of money so I know some of you are like in shock out there and young younger people I'm sure <laughs> um but you know back then like I, we're talking you know 50 years ago pretty much so you know that was good money and I remember being so proud that I was making so much money so that you know up started to up my uh, my confidence a little bit more and I learned a lot about teamwork and getting along with co-workers which really was kind of easy because a lot of my friends worked there too <laughs> so so it's actually <coughs> aside from some of the work that was not so nice um, it was a fun time I remember it as a fun experience then I worked at a drugstore here in Ajax and that was my first experience with um, workplaces potentially being a very dark place. I was sexually harassed by the manager and nearly assaulted. Um, and if it wasn't for a very kind, tough coworker who was older and she walked in when he was trying something with me uh, and she basically threatened him with calling the police and having him fired if he ever came near me again. But I never gave him the chance. I promptly quit. And I never really told anybody, certainly did not tell my parents. My dad would have probably done something really bad if he had found out. Um, <laughs> and I would have been forbidden to ever have a job again. Um, but I, you know, I didn't really talk about it. And, and again, it was a different time in a different world um, where I don't want to say it was acceptable because it wasn't, um, but sexual harassment happened a lot. And you'll hear a little bit more about that um, in some of my future jobs that I worked at. Um, but, you know, so anyway, I, I decided I did not need this job and I, you know, just promptly quit and, and moved on. And I decided um, that I just wanted to really focus on finishing high school. I didn't get it. I don't think I don't remember another part time job. So if I had one, it was very fleeting. Um, but I decided I wanted to um, fast track my uh, high school graduation or, or when I finished, I graduated at the same time as everyone, but I finished uh, semester early um, because I was very determined to go to college. And, um, and so I got a job at uh, the Canadian Manufacturing Association, a very large organization in Toronto, downtown Toronto. And that was so I could earn enough to start college in September of that year. I got no help from my parents because they were very traditional Italian parents. And I think I've mentioned that before. And they told me I would get married and have kids and going to college was a waste of time and money. That was their opinion about it. Well, that didn't sit well with me as I had more ambitions. So I decided to do it on my own. And looking back, I now realize that I had to really build my confidence 
big time then to have thought <laughs> that I could do any of that on my own. Um, so I went from my very small town at the time. It was Ajax was very, very tiny. Um, and I took the GO train and the GO train had just started running not very long before that. Um, so, you know, I went by myself to a really big office in a really big city, but I loved it. And my independence grew exponentially and I never looked back. Then I went to college to become a legal secretary. Um, fast tracked that program again. And I did that uh, two years in one year, um, a full 12 month year, not, you know, sort of the nine or eight, eight months really in uh, college university, but um, it was a full 12 months. So I, I was at school through the summer. And, you know, this was during a time when all the rest of my friends and my, um, um, you know, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, at, at Gary, was they were all having fun. And some took a gap year, some went to, he had grade 13 at the time. Um, and, and here I was, you know, head down, working super hard because I was determined and I was on a mission that I was going to make this happen. So, you know, obviously a lot of character building and confidence building things went into that. And, um, so, you know, I graduated with high marks and, and went to work for a sole practitioner and being so very green still, though, I did a lot of things that weren't really in the job description, like pick up laundry. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but yeah, I actually did that. I would go and pick up his laundry. Um, I had to wake him up many mornings by phone. I didn't go to his place, but, but you know, I was sometimes some days I felt more like his mother or his babysitter um he was a great lawyer but he had some issues let's say and so so that was kind of tough because it was just me and um and then you know after I think I was there about a year I thought this is not serving my purposes and so I looked for another job and that's when I ended up working for a very large firm. So I went from a very teeny firm, one man, to a very, very large firm now known as Tories. Many people know it. At the time, it was called Tory, Tory, Delorean and Bennington. So that's how long ago it was. <clears throat> and yes, it's the same Tories as the John Tory, um, the mayor of Toronto now. I actually worked with John when he was just an articling, articling student. Um, so that was interesting to see him do as well as he's been doing. Um, and I was there for two years in, in the civil litigation department and saw a lot of stuff <laughs> that I didn't even know existed out there until I started working there. Um, and it was crazy. We were working really, really crazy hours, including all-nighters. Like, honestly, I can remember some times, you know, briefs had to be done or whatever, and literally being there for 24 hours and in my stinky clothes from the day before. It was just, you know, but I was single. I was still living at home and yeah, I could do that. And I, I wanted to um, really 
you know, do well in this field, right? Because I had ambitions of kind of moving up the rungs in, in the legal world. <clears throat> so confidence, yeah, that got built a lot. Um, there were many times where I questioned, what am I doing? Like, am I, you know, I almost, you know, and actually that was one of the first times looking back at the time, I didn't know any of this, but where I really felt like an imposter, like it was suffering from that imposter syndrome. You know, it's like, what am I doing here? I mean, it was great. Like, honestly, um, I don't know if they still do this, but at the time we would actually have a lady who would come around um, with a trolley twice a day for our, at our break time. Now I know why they did it, but anyway, they, they, um, with coffee and tea and donuts and biscuits and like all kinds of goodies on there. And, and you just go and take whatever you wanted and come back. And, but here's, here's what their methodology was. So I think by doing that, they kept you at your desk, which of course is not a healthy way of working. Um, but they, you know, they, made sure that you weren't going to the break room and, and spending 20 minutes just chit chatting and when you could be working. And that's exactly what we would do. And often, and we also had a lunch cart come around. <laughs> so you literally could be excited from having to go to the bathroom. You would be sitting at your desk all day long, just working. So production was pretty high, you know, um, but not, not very good for the people who were actually working it. So you might be thinking, you know, what, what does all of this have to do with confidence? And I'm going to get to that. Um, but I'm just, I wanted to give you just a little snapshot. And of course there's lots, 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 lots more, um, from there, from the large firm I ended up, um, uh, actually, while I was there, I ended up getting married. <clears throat> Pardon me. And um, and then we, you know, it's some a year later. I think after we were married, we decided it was time to get a house and bought a house. And and but I want to. So I'm going to kind of keep this part of my storytelling um, to more uh, confidence building in uh, from a work sense, right? From either you know business work. Um, you know, how that happens and how people end up, you know, getting much, much higher positions um, and how, you know, there, there's actually a methodology that sort of happens to that. And I did realize, too, that I'm not going to be able to do all of this in one shot. So this is going to be one of those two parters. So I'm going to give you a little bit more information today and then I'm going to continue Um at on the next session because i really i thought wow i looking back i mean i am 64 years old but looking back i'm like wow i did i've done a lot i've really done a lot um and and you know when you're in in it and you're living life and you're on that treadmill as i spoke about before you don't really pay attention to the progress that you're making or the different things that are coming into your life. And, and all of that is part of confidence building. Um, but you just do it right. So, so you're just not aware of it. So, um, one of my coaches talks about, uh, competence, the, the competence, confidence loop. 
So what that means is the more competent you feel, the more confidence you have, and then you're willing to try something new and then you get competent at that and your confidence builds and that's how the loop continues and you just stay in that loop and that's how you grow really um another big factor is self-trust so what does that mean well you take a leap and then you have to trust <laughs> that it'll work like either work out or that you will handle it if it doesn't. And this is where a lot of people get stuck and don't want to try something new or leave that job that's not satisfying um, because they don't trust themselves. They don't trust themselves to, <clears throat> pardon me, either be able to um, do that thing that they're wanting to do and and be competent at it. You know, sometimes we feel like we just want to have that competence. Like we just want to, you know, somehow magically know what to do, but it doesn't work that way. Competence comes from, you know, trying things, um, learning things. And often you learn, honestly, I used to say this to my kids all the time. The best learning sometimes comes from when you fall flat on your face. Um, and then you pick yourself up and you look back and you go, well, what happened there? And what can I learn from that so that I don't do that again or that thing doesn't happen to me again? And so that takes a lot of, you know, trust and faith. Uh, they go hand in hand, of course. Um, and and it's not, you know, again, like I've talked about the law of attraction and I am a full believer in it but there are different components to it and so it's not just magical and it's not woo woo it's about attracting to you energetically and what you put out energetically will attract what you bring back to you um, what it is that you need in that moment what it is that you want to accomplish or you want to have so if you are clear on that, then you have to look at, well, what do I need to do now? What are the steps? And you take those steps and it works out. And sometimes it doesn't. But if it works out, you go, okay, I'm a little better at that now. I feel a little more confident that I can do that again or do it even better. And the more you do that, the more confidence builds and um and then you are willing to take a few more risks because you look back and you go well you know that that worked for me when i did that and when i took these steps and i learned what i needed to learn and i put the work in that's the missing piece of course with the law of attraction and i think i have spoken about this before but i'm just gonna give you a little refresher with law of attraction, there's another, there's many universal laws, but one of the main universal laws <laughs> that um, I love this when I first heard this uh, from uh, John Asaraf, who is a, a coach and speaker and someone I followed for a long time. Um, but along with the law of attraction, you must have the law of Goya. And you might be saying, what is the law of Goya? 
Well, the law of Goya is the law of get off your ass. Sorry if that offends anyone, but it kind of makes the point. <laughs> so yeah, you got to actually take action. You got to, you have to do something because if you don't do something, nothing is going to happen. Then it's just a wish. It's not a goal. You're wishing that, you know, you had a different job. You're wishing that you had that ideal partner. You're wishing, you know, but if you're not doing anything, then it's not going to happen. So to make it a goal, you actually have to put action steps in and then do those actions. And that along with being clear and, and attracting to yourself what you want energetically because you're clear on it and that's what you're focusing on. And then you're taking all the right steps and you're taking action. That is when the magic happens and you can get what you want. And the more that happens, the greater your confidence becomes. So for today, I'm going to stop there. And as I said, I will pick this back up because this is, you know, a very, very big topic and there's a lot of components to it. And I want to tell you a little more about my history of how my confidence built, because what I've told you so far was just, you know, tip of the iceberg. I, you know, learned a lot of things, but there's, there was a whole lot more to learn and, uh, and that built my confidence. So my resource for today is actually, I'm really, really excited about sharing this one with you because this is, um, a book that I produced along with my business partner at the time, Tina Desi. And we gathered 20 amazing women um, who were uh, members, or they might have not all, I think they were all members of Power Women at the time, but it, the networking organization that used to run with Tina, um, the Power of Women Exchange. And um, we decided to produce a book uh, because we had so many fantastic women in our world and we wanted them to share their stories. <clears throat> so um, we gathered these ladies together and we produced The Power of Women United. And when we first started to uh, put this together and talk about what the content was going to be and what our expectations were of the authors, we thought it was just gonna be a really good, concise, networking how-to kind of book. And then as we started to get the chapters in from the ladies, uh, we realized there was a theme happening here. <laughs> and, and we kept consistently seeing them talking about how they overcame adversity, how they, you know, had to claw their way up the ladder sometimes. Um, and, and really what the common theme was through it all was confidence, was how they built their confidence. So this ended up being so much more than we had in, intended originally. And our tagline on the book um, is confidence born of strength and wisdom. I still get goosebumps when I read that because it, it's so true and every story um, really uh, talks about, each lady talked about um, 
how they gained that strength and what they had to pull on and the wisdom that they gained through what they had to go through that then increased their confidence. So um, this book, I it don't think is uh, available any longer um, uh, in bookstores and um, but you can get it if you want it <laughs> from me. So if you don't already have it, um, and you would like to get it, you can contact me and I will get one into your hands. But I, I just, you know, I was looking through my library and of course that's there. And, and I thought, wow, this is like the best resource I have for uh, confidence about building confidence. So um, I hope you'll, uh, you know, get want to have it and uh, read it or if you know somebody who might have it then uh, please you know I always encourage like share 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 your books um, but it's I, I think it's something that will um, really help you especially if you are struggling with confidence especially if you are um, self-employed or an entrepreneur or in a high-level job um, where that can really get crushed if you're not careful. Um, so that's it for today. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow me so you don't miss a single episode. If you want to go deeper in your healing, you can book a free discovery session with me and learn more about my unique strategy to unlock the real you through my Unearth, Uncover and Unleash three-part system to discover and heal your past and present trauma and become empowered to live your best life. Go to my website, lifelessons.ca, or contact me directly at leah at lifelessons.ca to book your session. You can also find me on social media. My links are all on my podcast page. And while you're there, I would love it if you would leave a review, good or bad. I want to know how I can make this podcast just what you need it to be. And if you love it, I definitely want to hear that. You can also leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Until next time, grab some joy wherever you can. Bye for now.